Chapter 1 Gentlemen, I'm afraid you made this trip for nothing. Rachel Sloan stared across her desk at the four elderly men and smiled. I don't think I'm the right person for this case. One of them, the group spokesman who'd introduced himself as Art Barber, swiped nervously at a silver-gray brush cut and presented a mouthful of dingy dentures. Come now, Miss Sloan, Barber replied. We have it on good authority. You are exactly the right person. Sloan cleared her throat. <clears throat> and whose authority is that, sir? Barber exchanged glances with his friends. Each tendered eager nods of approval, and then Barber looked her in the eye. God, of course. Oh, of course. Sloan wanted to laugh out loud. She wanted to laugh rudely out loud but nut jobs or not, they'd come all the way to Nashville to see her. If they wanted to call that divine inspiration, who was she to tell them otherwise? A job was a job, and she saw no reason not to hear them out. Sloane favored Barbara with a heretical smile. Why don't you start at the beginning? Barbara nodded. It's really a very simple story, although not an easy one to tell. You'll pardon me if I have trouble in certain parts. Sloan splayed her hands to indicate she would, and then listened with interest. About a month ago, our pastor disappeared. Joe Faith, one of the other men cut in. Sorry? Sloan asked. Our pastor, Barbara said. His name is Joseph Faith. You're kidding. No. Brow furrowed, Sloan nodded for him to continue. I should probably tell you that Pastor Faith has always been a very responsible man. We hired him about 12 years ago, which is a very long tenure for a pastor in any church. Really, Sloane said. Very much so. Barbara looked sheepish as he added. Pastors within our denomination tend to move around a bit. It's sad to say but true, said another of the men. Barbara continued. Anyway... Pastor Faith has remained with our church. When he started, we were a rather small congregation of about 40 or 50 people. Since then, our church has grown into almost 600 parishioners. We even run a faith kitchen now, one man contributed proudly. Henry, I don't really think that's relevant, Barbara chided. Sloan said, Let me be clear, gentlemen, that anything may be relevant in a missing persons case. You never take the details for granted. Sloane doubted the inception of their soup kitchen had anything to do with this Faith's disappearance either, but she wanted to set realistic expectations. She'd learned emotions ran high when people went missing, and sometimes family or friends would leave out important details that later became very relevant. Hence, it was always better to err on the side of good judgment and be forthright early in the case. She hadn't yet decided to take this one, but she couldn't make any assumptions of her own. She had to listen to these men and act as if she were already on the case until she decided otherwise. What was I saying? Barbara continued. Oh, yes. The pastor was instrumental in helping grow our church. This is a man who is led by the Spirit of God, miss. Make no mistake about it. That's why we say he wouldn't have just run off without telling someone. And we told the police the same thing when we reported him missing. That answers my next question. You've gone to the police? Absolutely. In fact, we tried to tell them right away, 
but they wouldn't even take our statement until 24 hours had passed. Procedure, Sloane said with a wave. How is it you came to think he was missing? Men's fellowship, Henry answered. And that is? Every Monday night we have our men's fellowship. You know, we have soup and pray and read the Bible. Like Bible study. Something like that, Barbara said. But it's more than Bible study. We sing songs and pray together. Do you pray, Miss Sloan? No offense, sir, but I'd prefer potential clients don't get personal. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cross the line. Well, anyway, Pastor Joe didn't show up for a men's fellowship that night, and that's what got us worried.